Welcome to the Analytics Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. This is another free preview of some of the content you can get over as a subscriber to analyticsdynasty.com. You can find all the Analytics Dynasty content over there, including uh, our, our yearly membership. If you want to check it out for a month, you can do so as well. Um, but your yearly membership will get you uh, more than 300 podcasts. Last year it was 388 uh, was the amount of podcasts that we did in the 2021 year uh, one every day in the off season uh, and then more than that actually in season uh, and so yeah you can go check that out analyticsdynasty.com one of the things that we do over there um, uh, you know I most of the content is just me um, I have been doing Thursday trade shows for a while now uh, in the off seasons uh, and occasionally I will have uh, a guest on this week I had Justin Boone on from the score and uh, we talked uh, about a bunch of players, Kyler Murray uh, in particular, who we didn't know at the time was going to delete uh, his um, Instagram and all of his uh, stuff related to the, the Cardinals. So um, all our conversation with regards to that it was actually predated uh, his uh, events uh, of 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 doing um, all of that, disowning the Cardinals publicly, I guess. Um, so um, you go ahead and listen to the podcast. You can get all the Analytics Dynasty content over at AnalyticsDynasty.com. That includes the 2022 edition. Um, so go ahead and check that out, AnalyticsDynasty.com. Uh, you know, become a subscriber, support support what we're doing, and you'll get a podcast every day and um, 8 o'clock every morning. It'll be in your feed ready to go. So... I uh, hope you join over there, and if uh, if you want even more content, you can subscribe to our group. Me, we've got a, dozens of subscribers in there discussing, um, you know, dynasty at all hours, right? And we've got uh, multiple different continents covered. So wherever you are, um, there will be someone there to talk dynasty with you at any t- at any hour of the day. So go ahead, uh, subscribe over there, and uh, and we'll look forward to talking with you. And until next time, continue embracing the variance. We'll talk again very soon. Welcome to the Analytics of Dynasty. Daily podcast. This is a Thursday trade edition. Uh, Thirty minutes of, of dynasty trades. I have Justin Boone, who is the lead fantasy analyst with the Score. I appeared on his podcast last week, and uh, he's uh, consistently up at the top of the fantasy pros expert rankings. So excited to have him here. We're going to talk a little bit of dynasty trading. And I went through and I, I looked at your, I was looking at your rankings and we, we did the podcast. So I, after the podcast, I did a, I, I went back and I looked at some of your rankings and I find Kyler Murray at three interesting. And so I wanted to talk with you a little bit about him. So I got, I have some Kyler Murray trades um, and I revolve a couple of different ways. So I have Kyler Murray and there's a couple of Dak centric ones. I didn't intend this, but Kyler Murray and Amari Cooper for Dak and Rashad Bateman. Kyler Murray and Cooper for Dak and Rashad Bateman. Well, right off the top, I'll say thanks for having me. I know this is, you know, you want to get the shot clock going here. We want to make sure we get it all in within a half an hour, but it's fun to come and be on your show after. We don't mess around. (laughs) You've been a guest on mine a couple of times, so I'm excited to actually be on with you now. Um, We talked on, when you were on my show last week, we talked about um, players that I thought were, that we thought were buys. Um, And for me, one of those was, Bateman I think often people look at these you know rookie receivers they come in if they don't do much in the first year people want to just get out immediately and they're concerned I think there was a lot of other things that went into to Bateman this year when you're talking about the the injury 
right off the bat when you're talking about the quarterback situation and Lamar not being there in the second half of the year when Bateman really would have had his chance to come on. So I'm pretty excited about him. I will say, though, I'm looking at the other piece. I know you want to talk about Murray here, but I'm looking at the other pieces and I'm saying Amari Cooper is somebody that I think is so underrated still. People just seem to be turning on him. They're negative about him. Um, he still could put up good stats. Yes, it might not be super consistent. He's going to have those big splash games and then he's going to have some down weeks where he has one catch for 10 yards or something like that. But I'm willing to take that with Cooper. And I think that the upside for Murray is still really exciting for me. Like we've seen him post numbers where he can, for long stretches, he can be up there with the Mahomeses and the Josh Allens. And I know the last two seasons, it hasn't ended well. And he's kind of veered off towards the second half of the year. And I know people question him as a leader of the team and all that sort of stuff as well. But I still think we're looking at a quarterback that's very young that has that rushing upside and, you know, has some good weapons around him. We'll see what they do in free agency, who they bring back. They got some free agents in the backfield and at receiver there, but when I'm looking at Dak, and, and this is probably what it comes down to in this trade for me, and you're probably looking at me going, you're talking way too long about the first trade because we want to get No, no, no. This is what we, we do here. here. We talk but, way too long about And I want to get your opinion on this as well. But when we're looking at Dak, I just have some concerns. And you look at what the situation was with the Cowboys a couple years ago and or the last two seasons before this year, where that defense wasn't very good. And they had to throw the ball a lot. And it kind of came into the perfect storm in 2020 where you had this great receiving core. You had the young CD lamb and you had Cooper and you had Gallup and you were ready to go. And they had to throw so much. And those first five weeks before he got hurt, the numbers were just astronomical. And he was on pace for career highs and, and passing attempts really in every category. And then he gets hurt. And then he comes back this year, and now the situation's not the same. That defense is much better. They've added some playmakers there. They don't have to throw the ball nearly as much now. And he's not running the ball as much. This season, you could look at it, and we could try to figure out the context there. How much did injuries kind of play a factor? But his rushing stats way down this year versus what we saw the first three, four years of his career where he was running for 250, 300 yards a season. First three years, he scored six rushing touchdowns every year. And the two years after that, I think he had three rushing touchdowns both seasons. This year, 147 rushing yards, I believe, something like that, and only one rushing touchdown. So now that's a little bit lower. I just worry that with the makeup of that team now, with the defense being better, that we're not going to see as many of those ceiling games from Dak that we got kind of teased a bit with that perfect storm in 2020, and then it never really came into fruition because the injury. So I would take the Murray Cooper side of this one, even though I, I spent the time breaking down all those guys, as much as I like Bateman, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the upside where I think Murray still can be that, that top three quarterback that he can put it all together at some point and give us a full season. Um, and that Cooper isn't washed yet. Cooper still has some good years in him here. And it's more of a public perception thing that I think people are lower on, but I'm curious what you think of that one as well. Yeah, no, and I, I forgot to tell you this. So I send you a, the behind the scenes of this is I send you a list of a, a large amount of trades that we'll never get to just so that way I have something to refer to and you can <laughs> read them if you, okay. if you can't understand what I'm saying. So no, we, we end up not, you know, I send you a list of like 25 or 30 trades that we end up getting through about six of them. So it's always yeah, good. I didn't know if I was supposed uh, to go rapid fire. No, here no, no. If it's yeah, rapid tend fire, to be long -winded. You, I will, I won't leave you hanging. Um, So I, I am, I, I found the deck rushing thing interesting. Uh, they so they were seventh in designed, um, uh, you know, in in 
dropbacks per game. So I think that the passing volume is is something that I think we kind of know that they want to be pass heavy, which I think is is good. Dak Prescott, three yards rushing on design rushes this year. Do you want to guess where that ranks at the position? No, I do not. <laughs> 33rd. Um, which is just incredible when you think about where, you know, what his profile was coming in. Um, I think it's a, it's a really high floor ceiling, uh, really high floor situation for him. And I think that the ways that he misses are probably less than the way that Murray misses, uh, which I think would be the debate. I'm spooked about Murray for a couple of reasons. You get the same and it's, I don't try and read the NFL news because I don't think I'm, I, I can't parse it. And it's just something I think, you know, you, you hear it's tough to sort of figure out what's just being regurgitated and what there's actually truth to, but the Murray thing, I, I, the baseball thing consistently comes up, um, about people and not necessarily citing anything, but it just consistently comes up or across a variety of things that it just makes me sort of head tilt, you know, how much conversation is actually going on about that. He's pre-contract extension, which gives me some pause as well. But the other thing that gives me pause is there was in the playoff game that they played this year, there's a quote from whoever was covering the game, whatever the announcer was. And they'd interviewed Steve Kime. And Steve Kime said, uh, hey, listen, this is a uh, this is the most um, that Kyler Murray is prepared for a game in his career. And I said, that is a horrendous sign. Because you know who doesn't, you know, like – there's no, uh, no one knows, no one's kept track of how much time Brady has prepared for games or, or any of these other, or Dak Prescott or any of these other guys. Like that's not right. If you are honing your craft, no one's counting hours, right? Because it's consistent. Um, and you're sort of always prepared. No one sort of makes that comment. If you're sort of fully bought in, that has just given me enough pause and we've seen him, we haven't seen him do it for a full season yet. I know injuries, you know, injury plagued and all that stuff is fraught with um with problems but I, I just it gives me he has there's just enough pause around him that i can't necessarily put him in my super flex that it's my super max tier yet and it's just i i just i'm hesitant to do it and those are the reasons why so i vote Dak on this just because um i have him at a higher tier than than murray just because there's more uncertainty with him if that well, makes sense it does. It does. A couple of things we got to that. I mean, you know, Murray's still very young and when we're looking at some of these things like, and I don't like hearing that either the preparation issues mm-hmm. and you want to see guys come in, you know, like I, I always think back to when Michael Thomas came in and yeah, some strange things have happened with him the last couple of years, but when he first came in, what did we hear about Michael Thomas when he had that big breakout you know, rookie season? Everything we heard was he was attached to Drew Brees' hip. He was just hardworking, studying constantly. And then you're not surprised when the guy comes out and has this great rookie season, right? He's talented and he's putting in all that work. So, yeah, when you hear that about any player, it's concerning. In the last few years, I've actually taken that kind of more into consideration, not just in Dynasty and all fantasy, thinking, you know, I want to try to make sure that I have those guys where you hear those positive reports and the hardworking stuff. The other thing, and to add to what you said, and I'm sure you're already aware of this, you know, the whole thing that happened like during the Manning cast when uh, Russell Wilson was on and they, so they were talking to Russell Wilson and they, the Cardinals were down at that point. I forget how much they're down. I think a couple touchdowns and they asked Russ, you know, what, what would you do at this point? And he said, you know, I'd be going up and down the sidelines and tapping guys on the shoulder and trying to get everybody, you know, fired up. And I'm Mm -hmm. paraphrasing, but basically Mm -hmm. that's what he was saying. And then the camera of the broadcast actually cut to Kyler Murray and he was just like sitting on the bench dejected. And it was like, right. it was just, it was funny, right? Like that's not something we could overrate too much, but it was right. just kind of 
to add to that whole thing. Like that's what I said before. I know there's, there's questions about his leadership. And when you're saying the baseball stuff, are you actually saying you think there's a chance that he would leave the NFL and go play baseball? Is that what you're saying? I don't, I mean, it seems, I mean, he's going to be able to sign a, a nine digit contract in months. Right. I mean, you, you can't do that. You just, you just can't. Um, but there's just enough of that. And you sort of, right. You just put it all together. And it's like, um, and again, I hate playing this game of like, how much uncertain, you know, uh, of, of trying to parse things because we can't measure it. And there's other guys that have stuff going on in their lives that we don't know about. And so we're trying to, uh, we might even be unfair to Kyler Murray to some extent, but it's just one of those things where you hear enough stuff that sort of insinuates the exact same thing. And it sort of harkens back to, I don't know if you remember this, when golf, uh, during golf's like the end of golf's tenure and with the Rams, Aikman went on and Aikman had like a week 15, 16 game or something with them in which he, it might've been a playoff game in which he was basically all but said McVay is like sick and tired of golf. He didn't say that, but he basically said he, he as close to ripping Jared Goff as he could, like as a verbatim quote that McVay gave him is like, what is what happened? And it was like, whoa, whoa. And I remember watching that and I was like, wow, like that's, you know, and then you don't realize quite how, at least I didn't at the time, you don't realize how quite how much preparation goes into that and how, you know, about how much coaches will actually tell announcers that they just won't use. And, you know, that had, that sort of became a storyline after that, after the fact that we've sort of heard more, I've heard more about that process since there's just enough of that that sort of goes on with Kyler Murray that you just wonder sort of it's obviously getting fed from someplace is sort of my thought. It doesn't seem like it's coming from enough different variety of places that would sort of have different sources of information that it doesn't seem like it's just arbitrary. That's just my thought. Again, it could be a total hunch. I don't think he's going to, but I think it sort of signifies something else, which is gives me some concern. Yeah. And there's always the possibility with a, a young player that, you know, he continues to mature. I mean, we've seen this with players at every position and then, mm-hmm. you know, he, he starts to put more time in. And as much as we don't want to hear those things now, right. it, it could very easily in a year or two kind of be a, a moot point. Right? right. So, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, what the Cardinals are going to do this off season with a bunch of guys as, as free agents in that offense. And, you know, we kind of saw the, the smart move when they were able to get Hopkins pretty cheap, Mm-hmm. and bring him into that offense. We'll see what else they can do to, to help Kyler out and who else they can bring in or if somebody like Rondo Moore can kind of take a step and uh, we'll see what they do at, at running back. There's you know a lot of options there, whether they go to the draft or somebody in free agency or I don't think they're going to end up going with Eno Benjamin, who I think right now is maybe the only uh, guy they have under contract in the yes. backfield. But yes. yeah, no. that's Eno Benjamin, definitely somebody to, to stash on your bench if you can or to make a, a cheap <laughs> trade for right now, just in case he gets that you know number one or, or number two job, maybe more likely. But yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do as far as putting pieces around Kyler and, and what that could do for his career in the next year or two. For sure. Um, let's pivot off of Kyler for a second here. Uh, Dak, and we sort of talked about him with some of his um, you know, with some concerns there. Dak for Trey Lance in a 2022 third. See, I'm like the worst person to ask for this because I just, I'm absolutely in love with Trey Lance. And okay. Yeah. He's so I, I might be a little biased on this one. I, I will say that Dak is the safer option out of those two, for sure. No doubt. Um, for me, I'm probably still taking Lance because I just have that much confidence in 
that offense and what I think he can develop into. And, and even what we saw this year, I know that fantasy managers really disappointed that he wasn't able to take the job this season. And, you know, people had arguments about it, you know, all year long on Twitter about whether it should be Jimmy G or, or Trey Lance, but we knew coming out that Lance was a player that he, he needed a little bit of time. I think he was a guy that wasn't coming in really polished mm-hmm. and now he got that time and, and not to, you know, make people are, are foolish to, often, you know, make a quick comparison and go, well, Patrick Mahomes took a year and then he came in and you now he got a little bit of playing time as a rookie and the next year. And then looks what, look what happens. You know, I'm not so foolish to say that. I think that that's, what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. there is a lot of upside here with the rushing ability and with the weapons around him and, and with Kyle Shanahan and everything. So uh, I, I would personally take Lance, although I would probably advise people if you want to play it safe, Dak is still the, the safer play. It feels like the the possibility of a catastrophic miss is totally on the Lance side. And that's yeah. like, I think it, it might matter to some degree if you're playing Superflex versus one quarterback. Like if you want to take, I couldn't do this in Superflex, take the Lance side just because like the, the possibility of missing is just so big versus what we know with Prescott. But like if you, if you want to say who's got a higher ceiling in a one quarterback league, if you're trying to totally juice that spot, I do think it's interesting. It, I'd love to see Shanahan sort of employ this. Like we haven't really, we saw it for a period of time with RG three, but we haven't seen a, like he could do some really, I think interesting and innovative stuff, maybe stuff we haven't really seen uh, with some of the weapons that they have there with a running quarterback. It could be interesting. Um, Dak. And so here's, this is interesting because there's a lot of Dak, like for non quarterback stuff and, and super flex. So just sort of, leave that there. We're not going to talk a ton about that, but you can actually get with a first and another, like a JK Dobbins or a first and Devonta Smith get Dak, which just seems incredible to me. Um, but Dak and Terry McLaurin for Justin Herbert is that, where does that put you in terms of, uh, you know, getting into another level of comfort there between Dak and Herbert? Yeah. I'm going to take the, the five-year difference at quarterback there mm-hmm. um, and just being that excited about Herbert. And also this is a, it's a bit of a knock on Terry McLaurin where we haven't really seen it from, from him. And I know he's one of those guys like, you know, Allen Robinson where he hasn't had great quarterback play and, you know, perhaps that could help take him to the next level. If, if they figure out something there, I don't know what the answer is going to be in Washington, whether, you know, I don't know that Garoppolo is really the guy that's going to get me that excited about Terry McLaurin, but I still wonder now whether, you know, is Terry McLaurin, is he more suited to be a really, you know, high end number two real life fantasy receiver, as opposed to being that, that number one, you know, is it more just a, a volume thing? I think he's a talented player, but I'm not so sure, you know, I had an opportunity. I had a, I was in a 14 team startup last year where I had an opportunity and McLaurin was kind of right in my targets and I couldn't do it. I couldn't mm-hmm. pull the trigger on him. Um, and I ended up going in a different direction just because the more I looked at him, the more I, I just wasn't totally convinced that he had that kind of ceiling that maybe some of the other guys in that range had. So I think this might be more of a, a shot at McLaurin as well, but I would go with Herbert there just, I mean, how could you not love what we're seeing from him so far? And like I said, with that that big age difference between him and Dak, uh, I'm definitely going to go with him there and, and feel pretty good about it and figure that, you know, McLaurin, because I don't know that he has that top five, top 10 kind of upside unless they do something insane and they end up right. getting a, an Aaron Rodgers or something like that, <laughs> then obviously that changes things. But um, unless they get a, a massive upgrade at quarterback, I don't see that upside for for him, so I feel like I'd be able to get that receiver production somewhere else. Where, as we know, you know, getting a 
a top five quarterback, which I think Herbert for me is, is pretty safely in that range. Um, getting him would just be so valuable. Yeah. And this is the McLaurin more and more. I play dynasty. If, if the difference between Dak and Herbert is like a tear break for you, a wide receiver like McLaurin should never get in the way of making that trade because there's that you can find, you can replicate that in a million ways, a million's too harsh on McLaurin, but there's, a dozen guys like him. There's two dozen guys like him in some way, shape or form that you can piece together, right? You can, you can go Brandon cooks. You can, go, you can hit Mike Evans. Like you can get that range of production and, and it's not a losing McLaurin is never going to be, is never going to kill you in a deal. Like that's not going to be, you should never let him get in the way that type of player get in the way of making what you think is a tear jump, especially at an elite position like quarterback. Yeah. So. When you think about, you know, trading a, a second round or a third round rookie pick and you're touching on it there, what kind of veteran you could get for those picks. Right. If you're a real contender that year, like I said, I just think that there's a lot of ways that you can get that kind of McLaurin production. And totally. it, all it takes for me is to trade a, a second or a third rookie pick away uh, in order to get one of those veterans, like you probably can get a Brandon Cooks for a, a second. And that's just a, an outstanding trade and a trade I think most contending teams should be trying to make right now. Totally. Um, all right. Mike Evans is the guy we talked about on your pod. Talk about it here. He's where Mike Evans show Christian McCaffrey and Mike Evans for Javante Williams and Rondell Moore. A lot of moving pieces in here. What are your thoughts? I, I love Javante, which I think most people would probably say that I'm still going CMC and Evans like Evans is still going to be able to have a couple good years I thought you made some good points on my show about you know even with Brady gone we don't want to know what's going to happen at quarterback there but we don't know if Godwin's going to come back and you have a B already out of the picture and I think we could probably assume at this point that Gronk won't be back with them it's not a guarantee but I think with Brady gone the odds are likely that Gronk won't be back either so volume wise Evans could just get a ton of volume even if there isn't as many scoring opportunities maybe you know the 14 touchdown season might not be on the table next year but volume wise I think you can make up for it there so I think he's one of those kind of discount veterans that you could probably get a little cheaper than what his actual production would be worth and then CMC yes I think you know the sky's the limit for Javante but we know what Christian McCaffrey could do. I have a ton of people on Twitter that when they've looked at where I've ranked Christian McCaffrey in my dynasty trade value chart or in my redraft rankings for 2022, and they're giving me a hard time and saying, this guy's, he's done all these injuries the last couple of years. He's never going to get back there. I don't think that's a guarantee. I think there's right. a chance that Christian McCaffrey come back next season and he's putting up 30 fantasy points a game and he's the, you know, the ultimate difference maker for teams. So I'm definitely going to err on the side of there. I will say, you know, most of my teams right now, I probably come at this from the perspective of most of my teams are in some sort of contending window. I don't ever really have a lot of, I don't know if I've ever done a full rebuild where I've torn completely down. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Like, I don't think I've ever done that. Um, so I'm always kind of looking at it from the perspective of like, oh, I can right. get CMC and Evans and wow. Like, where is that going to take me when I when come playoff time? So I'm definitely looking at them. And then just to mention Rondo Mormon, I mean, we talked about him a bit earlier. A lot of potential there with, especially with AJ Green and, and Christian Kirk being free agents. Um, you know, we saw some flashes from him this year. I don't think when you look at him, I don't feel 100% confident that they are going to automatically give him a ton of volume, but the possibility is still there for him. But he is sort of an afterthought in that deal for me when you're looking at the other side and what I think are pretty guaranteed pieces and mm -hmm. CMC and Evans. Yeah, he, he again feels like there's, you know, 
you could do that in six to 10 other ways, make that yeah. similar, but, um, and just, you know, it's, it's very, you know, make that developmental wide receiver. Don't let that get in the way of making an upgrade at the, uh, just the difference between this guy might be the limit for Javante Williams, but Jupiter's the limit for, for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> um, Josh Allen, you have him at quarterback one, which I think is awesome. I, I will never, I will be totally biased in this. I will never be able to get there because I can't put myself in that situation just because um, I feel like a homer. And I, I, I know by doing that, I'm going to let myself down. So I'll just leave my home there. I think Josh Allen probably has a, like, if I could do it, you know, unbiased and neutrally. Um, and I have, but I would put him at quarterback too. Um, I would just, I, I could probably, you know, he's the back-to-back quarterback one. Like he deserves probably to have that spot if we're just sort of looking at it. Um, but you had, you put him there. So you're, a, a you've recovered, you're more um, mentally fit Bills fan than I am. Um Trevor Lawrence in a 2022 third, a 2023 first, excuse me, a 20 Trevor Lawrence in a 2023 first for Josh Allen. We were joking before the show. I don't know that I would, I thought this is what you're going to say at the beginning when you said that you just can't get there to put him number one. I thought you're going to say, you just can't get there to actually trade him away on any team. Cause that's almost mm-hmm. how I feel. Like mm-hmm. I have him a lot of places. I am the furthest thing from a bill's Homer when it comes to fantasy. I never wanted to take Bills players. Uh, I mean, you know, growing up near Buffalo, a lot of Bills fans in my fantasy leagues back in the day still are, and a lot of people overpaying for Bills players. So I I learned very early on, don't do that. Let everybody Mm -hmm. else pay up for those Bills players. And I will say, I think one of the first times, and I'm going off on a tangent here, but one of the first times that I took a a Bills player, I finally caved and I said, the value's there. And I took Fred Jackson (laughs) in a fantasy league. Um, this is a long time ago. Now I'm dating mm-hmm. myself a little bit, but, and Fred Jackson came out and I think he broke his leg in the first half or maybe the first quarter of the first game that season. And right. I was like, I learned my lesson. Never don't do it. Never do it. And then a few years back, uh, I think Josh Allen was going into his second season and there was a ton of reports about, you know, some people can look at that off season fluff stuff and think, you know, maybe it means nothing. I think you got to dig a little deeper and make your own decisions yeah. case by case. Some of that stuff is fluff. And sometimes I think there's stuff to be taken away from, from those. And that off season, there was a lot of talk about, and going back to what you said about Kyler Murray, all the time that Josh Allen was putting in all the hard work, Mm -hmm. Josh Allen was putting in all the improvements he was making throughout the off season. And it sounded legit to me. And Mm -hmm. I allowed that, you know, Bill's bias, maybe sneak in just a little bit, but Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to get him on teams. And I went out and made a, a bunch of trades and I think probably overpaid some places. Um, but I got him on a lot of teams back then. And obviously it worked out Um, looking at him now, just with that combination of, you know, the rushing ability, the volume of passing and, you know, how accurate he's developed. He's really improved his passing um, along the way here. And it's a great culture in Buffalo. Um, My one concern with him is, does he break down at some point? You know, Mm -hmm. he takes a lot of big hits. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're talking about longevity, that's one area where, you know, does he have that kind of Cam Newton career where at some point, you know, it really starts to take its toll on him. I hope he gets a little smarter with some of those decisions when he's running. He he takes on way too many guys. He's got that big body, but that would be my one concern for him. When I'm looking at this trade, I know that the upside is there for Lawrence. Um, I know how valuable those picks are in that, you know, next year's and the 2023 draft for rookies. I'm still going with Allen here. I'm going to take what I think is the the sure thing and not have to gamble. We talked on my show a little bit about you know, you like looking at your, your teams. I like looking and just knowing which spots am I 100% confident in when I could just look and go, my QB one is settled 
I do not have to worry about it. I can focus all my attention on trying to figure out my second running back or, you know, my third receiver, whatever that might be. And this is one of those where I just want to take the guarantee at quarterback. I want Mm -hmm. to take Allen. I know, you know, we've seen the last few years here, the kind of value you can give you on a week to week basis. I don't want to be sitting there fingers crossed, hoping that Trevor Lawrence develops into the player that, you know, we think he could be, but you talked about it with Trey Lance. I think the, the floor is there. There is a big time basement for Trevor Lawrence where he still could be a bust, you know, based on, we blame a lot of it on urban Meyer, but he could still be a bust. And then you'd have to hope that you can kind of recoup the value with that first round pick in, in 2023, which maybe you can, but for me, I'm going Allen there. What about you? Uh, I, you couldn't like, this is the cheapest that you could get a top two quarterback. Like for me, this is like, I would run over my one-year-old to get to my computer (laughs) to accept this deal. Like it is that it's, I would give another first to do this deal. Like it's that big of a gap. I think between like, if you haven't like the gap between Allen and Lawrence, like I don't know, Lawrence, I I, I mean, this is a, I joke about, um, about golfing and like Trevor Lawrence is like hitting, you know uh, it's like trying to hit, you know, I can't hit a driver. I can't keep a driver on the fairway. Like I'm, you know, Josh Allen is taking a, a my three wood out that I can hit the fairway with 90% of the time and drive it just about as far as my driver. Um, could the other side potentially beat Allen? It could. The odds that that happens are super, super low. And the results are potentially devastating to your team for a while. And I mean, the difference between Allen and Lawrence this year is two wins, two wins. The first does not make that up. Um, and Lawrence has to get better really quick to make that happen. So it's just a huge gap, I think, to really get, um, you know, to, to really try and make up. All right, we got about two minutes left. So we've zoomed through this. You're really high on T. Higgins. Um, T. Higgins and a 2022 first or C.D. Lamb? Oh, it's the Higgins side. Like, yeah. you want to talk about running people over to get to the computer. I'm doing that for sure. Now, right. I have Higgins as my wide receiver 12. I got to do my update. My updated trade value chart will come out this week, so I'm working on that now. But um, in my last update in January, Higgins was a top 12 receiver. I imagine that he's still going to be there. Um, you know, we talked on my show a little bit about how people want to, you know, Chase will overshadow him. Chase is going to get more headlines, all that sort of stuff. And people aren't really talking about what an amazing year Higgins had. And I get it. When you look at the final numbers, he missed some time with an injury. He had some kind of rusty games when he came back from the injury. And then in the second half of the season, he's just been outstanding. Like the guy, you can look at him as a, you know, one, a one B situation, but these guys are both going to be really good for a long time. We've seen this happen on other teams, you know, most recently, maybe Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, Mm -hmm. where you can have two wide receiver ones in the same offense, especially when, that passing attack is showing us just, you know, how, how great they can be and Burrow clearly developing into, you know, a high end quarterback as well. So while lamb might have the, the name value, people are way more excited about him. I still think he's a great player. It is very close. To, I think you make an argument that, you know, Higgins and lamb is almost a wash. And now you're getting that, that first rounder on top of it. It's that close for me. It's a free, so, yeah. It's almost yeah. a free pick. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel like that. Right. right. So, sure. and it's, a, a, I would, I would take that deal if it was a second round pick, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it, it's Higgins all the way on that side. I'm with you. All right. We got 30 seconds, two rapid fire ones, Travis Etienne or uh, Hollywood Brown. 
it's it's etn for me i have some concerns about brown just in terms of i talked about how much i like bateman when you have andrews there when you have bateman in the second half of the season hollywood didn't really put up the same numbers and i know that includes games where lamar jackson wasn't there so that factors in but i think there's a lot of mouths to feed and we haven't seen that ravens passing attack really take it to the next level and be you know volume wise on par with some of those other passing offenses so i worry that he's going to be a little more inconsistent and I know it's risky still with Etienne, but I think there's a chance when you look at the passing you know, ability that he has, he could step in. You have the Achilles injury with James Robinson. I know I'm going too long. You said rapid fire, but I always have to give context. But when you look at that offense and James Robinson, the Achilles injury, Akers came back. Great. Is that a one-off or is that what we should expect from every running back now? I don't know. Um, I think Etienne's going to get a, a chance to have a lot of volume next year. I think they played it safe with them with the injury with the Liz Frank this year. He'll come back healthy next year, and I think there's still a lot of upside there. Well, that'll do it. Justin Boone, thank you for joining the Analyst Dynasty 30 Minutes of Trades. And until next time, keep embracing the variants, and we'll talk again very soon.